We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. This past weekend, I delivered a commencement address for some high school graduates from Skiatook, Oklahoma. And on today's show, I'm going to share portions of that address with you. And I'm going to tell you of my challenge to these students, which I believe is likewise a challenge for us all. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's rebellion. So this past weekend, I was invited to give a commencement address, a graduation speech, to a group of graduating seniors from Skiatook, Oklahoma. Frankly, this is the kind of stuff I love doing. My entire career was in education, as you know, almost all of it in higher education, several different colleges and universities, both secular and private Christian schools. And one of the things I love doing the most, especially in my 17 years as a university president, was giving the commencement speech on graduation morning. It's a time of celebration. It's a time of great fun. It's a time of acknowledging the ideals of the academy. It's a time of looking at the good stuff rather than the bad. It's a time of looking forward to opportunities rather than backward at disappointments. And I love giving commencement addresses. It's fun. It's part of what I do. So when they called me and asked me to come down and give this graduation speech, this challenge to the graduating seniors of this homeschool association in Skiatook, I quickly jumped at the opportunity and said, absolutely, absolutely, I'd be happy to come down. So on today's show, I'm going to share with you what I said to these kids, as well as their parents and grandparents. Because you see, a graduation speech, a commencement address, is not just directed at the students. It's directed to everyone that's there at the time. In fact, you could argue the students are so distracted with the pomp and ceremony of the day that they don't hear what you're saying anyway. So that's today's topic. I'm going to share with you a commencement address. Not go through it verbatim. I'm just going to go through some of the high points because I think it is pertinent. It's a challenge for all of culture. It's a challenge for all of us. So I'm going to share with you a little bit of my heart, my love for education, and my love for these moments of celebrating it, celebrating the ivory tower, celebrating everything that it stands for. It's 1,000-year history of educating a free people, a free society, a free culture, free countries, free churches, free human beings, an education that's grounded in freedom. Remember that if you'd like to subscribe to The Rebellion, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. That's patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. We're picking up momentum. I mentioned in yesterday's show that we had 21,000 listens last month. 
That's good momentum. That's good growth. We need to continue to build and grow, be good stewards of what God has given us. And the way we do that is to double that. We should have 40, 50,000 listens per month. That's the way we make an impact on culture. So you can help me do this. The number one way for you to help is to post the rebellion out there in your social media world and get other people to start listening. That's the way the momentum builds. That's the way we catch the attention of those uh, organizations out there that might be interested in supporting the rebellion. So choose a couple episodes of The Rebellion that you enjoy the most, that you think others might enjoy, and post it in your social media world. Parlor, Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, Gab, whatever, all of the above, any of the above. And get other people to jump on board and join The Rebellion. The other way that you can support it is obviously by becoming a subscriber. And you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. And don't forget my book, Grow Up. Life isn't safe, but it's good. Still doing well in Amazon. And the more you push that out into your social media world, the better the book will do. So go buy the book and then encourage others to do likewise. Grow up. Life isn't safe, but it's good. Let's take a break. Acknowledge those that support us in the corporate world. And when we get back, we'll talk about a commencement address to students in Skyatook, Oklahoma. But I think you will find it helpful and beneficial for you, too. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. So, Saturday, commencement address, Skyatook, Oklahoma. The one thing I told the students and the parents, the grandparents, the aunts and uncles, everybody that was there to celebrate, is this. Texas has frozen over. Everett Piper, a conservative evangelical Christian, is going to quote Bill Maher in his commencement address. Now, if you've been listening to The Rebellion over the last couple of weeks, you probably know where I'm going to go with this. But I'm going to remind you what Bill Maher said. And it is the text, the context, for my speech last week, last Saturday. Bill Maher, as you well know, is somebody I would disagree with on a lot of things. I think his humor is debauched. I think he's an angry man. I don't even actually find him that funny most of the time. And I don't spend a lot of time listening to him. Because I just don't enjoy his anger, his vitriol, and honestly, his blasphemy. His anger and his disdain for religion, specifically Christianity, is uncomfortable to say the least. But Bill Maher is a perfect example of what the Apostle Paul tells us about the, pr- the truth of God being written on every human heart. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much you um, love Christianity love the faith, love the church, love Christ, or have a disdain for all of the above. I don't care who you are. You have the truth of God written on your heart. The reason for that is if you disagree with me and you want to have an argument right now about what I'm saying, that's the, that's the proof that you have the truth of God written on your heart. Because if you didn't believe there was a truth that was better than my truth, my claims, my opinions, if you didn't believe that you were right and I'm wrong, then you wouldn't you wouldn't bother to even dispute. It wouldn't make any difference. You would be an animal that's out in the field just grazing. You'd be a cow. You'd be a horse. They don't care about truth. They don't care about debate. They don't have the truth of God written on their heart. The thing that distinguishes us from those animals is the fact that we're the Imago Dei. We're made in the image of God. and We have moral awareness. That's the truth of God written on our human heart. We know certain things are right and we know certain things are wrong. Hopefully all of us can agree 
that slavery is a bad idea. It's not a good thing. Hopefully we all agree, regardless of whether we're Christian or not, we have the truth of God written on our human heart. Hopefully all of us can agree that misogyny is a bad thing. Hatred for women is not the best idea that ever came along in the history of humanity. You get my point? Hopefully all of us agree that rape should be reviled, that it's never right, never right, regardless of culture, regardless of circumstances, it's never right for one person to rape another. These are examples of how the truth is written on every human heart. Hopefully everybody listening right now can agree that the Nazi Holocaust was not, not the best idea the Germans ever came up with. Get my point? There are certain things that you just know are wrong. There are certain things you know are right. That's an example of having a true north, the moral awareness, the truth of God, the self-evident truths that are endowed to us by our Creator. That's why the foundation of the United States of America is Christian. I don't care who you are, if you want to dispute that. The fact that our seminal documents, the Declaration of Independence, and the Constitution built upon that Declaration, and I've quoted many times on this show, dozens of founding fathers and their reference to Christianity, the Bible, the Judeo-Christian ethic, the truth of God, self-evident truths endowed to us by our Creator as the foundation of our country. Thus, we are a Christian nation. It doesn't mean everybody's Christians. It just means we are a Christian nation because of the assumptions, the philosophical, ontological, epistemological, and theological assumptions of the United States of America are Christian. The truth of God is written on our heart. Bill Maher is proof of that, even though he and I would disagree on, I don't know if it's fair to say on almost everything, but a lot. So I'm going to quote Bill Maher, and then I'm going to share with you my challenge to these students. It's a quote, at least in part, of something I said in the show a few episodes back. But repetition, repetition, repetition. Okay, this is an example of repetition. If you missed the previous show, then this is new. If you heard the previous show, then this is repetition. But repetition is good because it helps us remember. Remember the point. Remember the wisdom of these words. And in these words, Bill Maher is spot on, and he's proven to be wise. Okay? Here's what he said. America is a young country that doesn't grasp the most fundamental trade-off. You're beautiful when you're young, but wise when you're old. Where's he going with this? Well, he then goes on to say this. If, as they say, you learn something new every day, it stands to reason that someone who's logged, oh, 10,000 more days than you is going to be, in general, a little bit more wise. Mar then goes on to say, to say this. You know why advertisers in this country love the 18 to 34-year-old demographic? Well, it's because it's the most gullible. A third of the people under 35 say they're in favor of abolishing the police. Not defunding, but doing away with the police altogether, which is less of a policy position and more of a leg tattoo. 36% of millennials think it might be a good idea to try communism. But much of the world did try communism. I know millennials and Gen Zers think that that doesn't count because they weren't alive when it happened. But it did happen. And there are people around who remember it. Mar then says this, So when you say you're old and you don't get it, get what? A 
abolish the police and border control and capitalism and cancel Lincoln? No, I get it. The problem isn't that I don't get what you're saying or that I'm old. The problem is that your ideas are stupid. You think someone 80 is hopeless because they can't use an iPhone? Well, maybe the one who's hopeless is the one who can't stop using it. 20%. 20% of Gen Zers agree with this statement. Society would be better off if all property was owned by the public and managed by the government. And another 29% don't know if that's a good idea. Well, here's who does know. Anyone who wasn't born yesterday. Close quote, Bill Maher. So what's my point? My point in challenging these graduates was this. Today I want you to show some respect. I want you to show respect to old people and old ideas. Revere them. Revere old people. Honor old ideas. Follow them. Don't mock them. Learn from them. Don't criticize them. Recognize that their ideas, these old ideas from these old people, whether they're alive or dead. I'm not just talking about those that are living. I'm talking about the old people of the generations that preceded you, of the centuries that preceded you. I'm talking about the wisdom of the ages, the wisdom of being old. See, these ideas, these old ideas are still around because they most likely, they most likely are true. You ever think about about that? Why do we still discuss the ideas of Jefferson and Washington? Why do we still discuss the ideas of Martin Luther King Jr.? Why do we still discuss the ideas of Plato and Aristotle and Socrates? Why do we discuss the ideas of Jesus? of St. Paul, of St. Matthew, and Luke, and John, and Jude, and Peter. Why do we discuss these ideas? Why do we discuss the ideas of Russell Kirk and Eric Volklin and von Mises? Why are we arguing about these ideas today? Maybe, maybe the reason we argue and debate these ideas, maybe because... Maybe it's because these ideas actually make sense, because they're true. You know, Cicero once said, He who is ignorant of everything before he was born remains always a child. That's an old idea, but it's one we should attend to. Cicero, one more time. He who is ignorant of everything before he is born remains always a child. That's basically Cicero's way of saying exactly what C.S. Lewis told us when he condemned chronological snobbery. Again, this is an idea I've shared with you repeatedly. Chronological snobbery, as defined by C.S. Lewis, is being arrogant and pompous, being a snob because of your age, and essentially making the claim that your ideas, your new ideas that are five minutes old, are better than those old ideas that have been around for, let's say, oh, three, four, five centuries? How about two or three thousand years? Why in the world would you think these new ideas are better than those old ideas that have endured, prevailed, and been returned to 
repeatedly over the course of the human march for freedom. Again, Cicero, he who is ignorant of everything before he is born, remains always a child. C.S. Lewis, stop the chronological snobbery. Stop thinking that just because you're 18, 19, 28, 48, 58, it doesn't matter. Stop pretending that your new ideas are better than the old ones. Again, Bill Maher. What did he say at the beginning of his monologue? America's a young country that doesn't grasp the most fundamental trade-off. You're beautiful when you're young, but you're wise when you're old. The wisdom of the ages. Wisdom. I told you before that I was on the Adam Carolla show. Now, again, Adam Carolla and I disagree on a lot. He's more in the Bill Maher category. I don't necessarily like his humor. I don't like the sexual, the, the, the mockery of sexual morality that's replete within his humor. I don't enjoy it. But I shared with Adam Carolla this message, that there's a true north in life. That true north has to exist, otherwise we can never make a correction as human beings. C.S. Lewis told us, that you can do no measuring without a measuring rod outside of those things being measured. One more time, you can do no measuring without a measuring rod outside of those things being measured. And what is that measuring rod? It's the old ideas, those ideas that have been around a while and proven the yardstick, the ruler, the scales, the measuring rod to be accurate and true. G.K. Chesterton said, you can't have freedom without a fence. The fence is true. It's real. It's measured. It has corner posts. It has boards nailed between the posts, or it has wire strung between those corners. The point is the fence provides definition to the life of what's held within the fence. And without the fence, those things might have the illusion of freedom, but they're likely going to run out into the road and get killed. You can't have freedom without a fence. You can do no measuring without a measuring rod outside of those things being measured. These are the lessons of time. This is the wisdom of the ages. I've spoken before about the Wesleyan quadrilateral and how we need to look at ideas, new ideas, and sift them through this grid. This is the quad. This is the grid. This is the view, the worldview that we use to assess new ideas to see whether or not they measure up and have the same value and quality as old ideas. And the quadrilateral includes these four things. Experience, reason, scripture, and tradition. Experience, how's that one working for you? It's the Dr. Phil question. If it's not working, if your idea seems to be broken and causing harm in your life and, the, and harm in the lives of others, then it might be an idea you want to get rid of. It might be an idea that is selfish rather than selfless. It might be an idea that's debauched rather than divine. So how's that one working for you? How's the drug abuse and use working for you? How's the alcohol use and abuse working for you? How's your sexual nihilism working for you? I mean, we have 25% of millennial age women who now have an STD. Well, how's that one working for you? Maybe the biblical ethic of sexual behavior isn't all that bad after all. How's that idea working for you? Reason. You have a brain, use it. 
When you hear illogical claims like all people of one race are bad because of the color of their skin, use your brain. That doesn't make any sense. That's racism under the banner under the banner of anti-racism. It's intolerance under the banner of tolerance. It's exclusion under the banner of inclusion. It's hate under the banner of love. So use your brain when you hear these illogical, nonsensical claims of Black Lives Matter, which at the same time implies that you can't say all lives matter. There's something wrong with that. It's not reasonable. It's illogical. The third one is scripture. That's the trump card. That's revelation. If all these other components of the quadrilateral don't make any sense, your trump card is always God's revelation. Well, the fourth one, and I put it last for a reason, because I want to emphasize this in my closing remarks, tradition. So back to the four points of the quad again. Experience, reason, scripture, i.e. revelation, and then the fourth one is tradition or history. Tradition. In other words, your parents might actually know something. Your grandparents may have actually had a thing or two on you that you haven't yet learned. Your parents, your aunts, your uncles, your moms, your dads, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your great-great-grandparents, your pastor, the older people in our lives might actually know something. They may, they may not be as stupid as you think. Over and over again, when I was the president of a university, when I gave these commencement addresses, I would inevitably say this. Today, as you graduate, and as you come forward in single file to march across the stage in alphabetical order, I will greet you. I will shake your hand. I will hand you a diploma, and then I'm going to bend over and whisper in your ear and say, congratulations, you now have a degree in opinions. I often would use that absurdity to drive home the point. Because that's a stupid idea. A degree in opinions? No, you don't go to college. You don't go to high school. You don't go to any class to major in opinions. You go to learn something. You go to learn what's true. Learn what's true in accounting. Learn what's true in biology, physiology, genetics. Learn what's true in psychology, in sociology, in theology. Learn what's true in management, in literature, in art. What's good, what's true, what's beautiful. That's the goal. That's the highest call of the academy because those are enduring ideas, goodness and beauty and truth. I don't give degrees and opinions. I never did, and that's absurd to suggest otherwise. That's laughable. A degree in opinions would be a worthless degree. It would be proof that you wasted your time and your money at that institution, if that's all you got was your opinion. Because frankly, as you graduate, as you graduate today or any other day henceforth in your life, as you graduate from this point to another point, as you commence today, as you begin something new, celebrating what you've accomplished, but beginning to live a new life, using those accomplishments as a springboard to grow up, to mature, to become an adult, to become a thinking human being that recognizes the experience in life and the lessons learned therein, that reason, logic, good thinking is important to 
Otherwise, you will fall prey to the lies and the deception of those around you, as well as your own lies and deception. That scripture, revelation, self-evident truths, natural law, common sense, sense that's common, that these big, enduring ideas that are given by God and not created by government or you are better ideas, more important ideas, and they've been around a long time, and you should honor them rather than constantly challenge them. But this, today, the challenge is tradition. 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 Your parents might have actually known something after all. Likewise, your grandparents and all those that preceded them. Degrees and opinions, your opinion, just because it's young and in vogue and popular, isn't worth the paper it's printed on. Today, as you graduate, grow up. Grow up. Recognize that that is what a healthy person a healthy man, a healthy woman, a healthy human being does. They don't remain satisfied with crawling their way through life as an infant. That would be absurd. That would be as ridiculous as getting a degree in opinions. Grow up. Get off all four. Stand on two legs, strong and confident, and march forward, recognizing that your march for human dignity, your, your march for human freedom, your march for things that you are going to hold dear and fight for is a march that represents maturity with every step. But recognize that life is never safe. This ridiculous elevation of safety that has come to full circle, full light as the result of the COVID crisis demonstrates that we are a nation that's behaving like infantiles, perpetual adolescents who want to pout want to cower in the corner, preserving our safety while giving up all of our freedom. Well, children do that. Adults do not. Children would prefer safety over freedom. Adults would gladly give up their safety for their freedom and for their families. Feelings are always fleeting. Facts stand the test of time. One more time. One more time, students. Feelings are always fleeting. Facts stand the test of time. So speak the truth in love and grow up. That's St. Paul. Speak the truth. It's real. It's not an opinion. We're not celebrating your opinions today, your feelings today. We're interested about the truth. We're interested about facts. Speak the truth in love. Love is not enablement. Love is synonymous, synonymous with discipline. Speak the truth in love and grow up. Don't be too easily satisfied with ideas that are stupid. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. 